To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. The very real consequences of cryptomania. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. The Securities and Exchange Commission's recent approval of spot Bitcoin ETFs means for the first time, people can invest in funds that include Bitcoin. No crypto wallet required. Demand for the original cryptocurrency is only expected to grow, and Bitcoin mining operators are here for it. Two years ago, I visited one in upstate New York. Stacks of computers burned through tons of power to generate new Bitcoins. Texas is now a preferred hub, and Wood McKenzie's Ben Hertz Shargell says the SEC's move will be felt there. It will send a long-term price signal to these miners to, you know, redouble their efforts and to build newer and bigger facilities. And Texas, like certain other states, is uh, really in the crosshairs of multiple types of um, load growth or kind of energy demand growth, where they're dealing with not only growth from data centers, conventional data centers, and crypto mines, um, but EV charging depots uh, and manufacturing facilities. And so it's, it's a challenge to deal with all of this increase in demand. Mm-hmm. Miners have already caused uh, $1.8 billion per year in increased cost for consumers in Texas. And that was before these uh, ETFs were approved. And this is going to really lock that in and potentially drive it up to extreme degrees. So it's clear that demand for Bitcoin... If anybody thought that was going away, that's not happening, at least not in the short term. I also visited a Bitcoin mining facility in upstate New York in late 2021, early 2022. I was struck by something you wrote about saying that in 2022, Bitcoin mining consumed 60 percent as much power as it does today. Why does it cost so much more to generate a single Bitcoin now? Well, ultimately, demand for Bitcoin has gone up and there's an arms race that happens every day where Mm -hmm. Bitcoin miners who are operating ever larger data centers capture ever bigger pieces of the pie in terms of the the revenue that Bitcoin mining generates. And so that arms race has led to ever bigger facilities in more countries and greater investments. Um, And so, yeah, really the scary statistic is that in 2022, mining consumed 20 percent as much electricity as global centralized data computing and data transmission put together. And the reason that is a staggering statistic is those two uh, latter types of energy demand, uh, data computing and data transmission, 
are really the fruits of the the internet, the cloud, and now the sort of budding AI industrial revolutions put together. Yeah. So the question is, you have to evaluate is um, is the value that Bitcoin provides essentially being a store of value like gold worth uh, one fifth as much of the value that all of those other uh, forms of energy demand are, are providing. We'll be right back with more from Ben Hertz Shargell of the consultancy Wood McKenzie. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. We're back with Ben Hertz Shargell of Wood McKenzie. Texas is the only state in the country we should mention with its own grid. Have I got that right? Other states have their own kind of a grid operator, but yes, self, Texas is self-contained in a way, uh, in, an, in an electrical way that no other state is. Yeah. And so it's especially vulnerable. And, and I ask that because we're approaching the third anniversary of the winter storm that left a lot of people without power, ended up killing 250 people. And just this week, the state went through a winter freeze. So help us understand how much pressure in moments like this do Bitcoin miners place on the grid? So I think there is a miners claim, and I think there is popular belief that they stop operating when the grid is stressed and when, when energy prices are high. Uh, in reality, a lot of miners um, we've seen firsthand continue to operate even in these kind of stressed uh, consideration or conditions when prices are really high. Uh, this not only raises the price uh, in a kind of extreme way for consumers after the fact, but it does uh, risk ERCOT, the, the grid operator, getting closer and closer to that point where it needs to consider brownouts. So um, the reality of these miners are stressing the grid basically 24-7. And in some cases, they, they do turn off. Some of the miners do turn off in extreme cases, but but not all of them do. And so it just pushes the grid closer to that point you don't want to be where um, you're running the risk of having to turn the lights out on people. And I know as of not that long ago, Bitcoin miners in Texas specifically were getting paid, were compensated if they put power back on the grid during these extreme weather events. Is that still the case? It is still the case. And what that does is it shifts the cost of, of the year's grid investment, which is only growing more significant every year, back onto other customers. And I think it's also worth pointing out that the big tech companies are the largest buyers of clean energy in the United States. Uh, whereas Bitcoin miners, what they do is they have begun to site their facilities near renewable facilities like a wind farm or a solar farm. Mm -hmm. But all that does is you're still drawing the same unit of power that some other customer would have benefited from from that facility. You're, they're, they're not meaningfully offsetting their demand. This is interesting because this is an argument that the Bitcoin miners have made. The fact that they now are starting to set up shop next to those existing renewables projects, they say, look, you know, we're, we're helping. We're not making things worse. That's right. But it's, it's very intuitive to understand that if you uh, park a facility right next to, let's say, a solar farm and start consuming the electrons from that facility, those electrons would have gone to some other customer in Texas. So all you're doing is the one who happens to consume them. It, at the end of the day, overall demand on the grid goes up, and that means that the grid operator needs to dispatch ever more um, costly and carbon-intensive generators to, to meet that, that increased demand that you caused. And so there is no sustainability benefit, which is very much unlike what the big tech companies are doing by actually causing new renewable facilities to be built. So those facilities meaningfully do offset the emissions uh, associated with their, their demand. Are there any indications that regulation might help cap some of this activity? 
Well, I mean, I think what we've seen around the country is that most states are more concerned to, to protect Bitcoin mining rather than constrain it. Um, they've usually introduced legislation that um, prevents a state from, you know, quote unquote, discriminating against the type of data center or facility based on its purpose. I do think Texas, there has been some backlash because of the awareness of these are massive energy loads that are the, you know, you can compare them to the size of cities or other sort of extraordinary um, types of demand sources. And so I do think that there was this notion that they want to limit how much they're willing to pay them to curtail. I do think it's important to identify when they say that they're putting power back on the grid. What that means is they have usually contracted for power from a generator and they simply choose to withhold consuming that power and they allow their provider to liquidate the power to, to sell it to the grid. So they're just making available something that would have been available anyway if they didn't exist. That was Ben Hertz-Shargell of Wood Mackenzie. We've posted the story from my visit to that Bitcoin mining operation that I mentioned at the top of this segment. That is on our website, marketplacetech.org. My reporting focused on what locals in Messina, New York, thought about the arrival of Bitcoin mining in a regional economy that's struggling. One resident I interviewed called crypto techno wizard <clears throat> BS. I will use the shorthand there. A few months into 2022, New York State placed a partial moratorium on what's known as proof-of-work mining, citing the environmental impacts. Before that, Plattsburgh, New York, became the first municipality in the country to ban the practice after what former mayor Colin Reed called a crypto mining arms race in the MIT Technology Review. Reed happens to be an economics professor and has written a book about the financial and environmental costs of this activity. It's called The Bitcoin Dilemma. But something Ben mentioned in our interview is that New York is an exception. Many states are actually eager for the business. We've posted a tracker that looks at the amount of energy consumed by specific Bitcoin mining companies in Texas, where growth has been explosive. Jesus Alvarado produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM.